Hello and welcome to Publishing Underdog. I am your host, author Latricia Holmes. Tune in every week to learn from my experiences as a first-time indie author. I will dive into the process of publishing my first books. We will cover marketing strategies, budgets, successes, and inevitable learning points. Let's start the show! Hello, 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 and thank you for joining my podcast today. I am your host, Latricia Holmes. Today, we are going to start out with our author shout out of the week is Carenza Ryan. Her book is called The Romance of Psychosis. It is a Christian suspense novel. The blurb for The Romance of Psychosis. When cancer researcher Hugo Sosa starts seeing things that aren't there and believing things that aren't true, he terrifies his fiancée Julia. They travel together on a journey through psychosis and mood swings as Hugo becomes sicker and sicker. Julia follows him through a hospitalization, suicide attempts, and almost daily therapy. She sticks with her fiancé through it all because they've been together since childhood. She can only hope that the right treatment will be able to get on with their lives and finally get married. She also is the author of I Am Schizophrenic, Poetry from a Beautiful Brain. To find out more about Carenza Ryan's works, you can visit her website at www.carenzaryan, that's K-E-R-E-N-Z-A, ryan.com. You can also find her on Instagram at Ren the Writer. Her book is out on pre-order now and will be released November 1st. So congratulations, Carenza. I can't wait to read your book. So I hope this week has find you well. It's been a struggling week for me if you follow me on Instagram and a little bit of my last podcast too. I kind of touched on it. Uh, I found it very fitting that Carenza's my shout out author of the week, um, because she does deal with her own mental health issues. As you could see her other book, I Am Schizophrenic, um, Poetry from a Beautiful Brain. I I commend her for that. That's, that's gotta be hard um, to deal with. And some of the things I've been dealing with as well, have kind of bled into my author life. And I think it's something that is a conversation that can be had across all avenues and all areas of our life. It's something that the stigma should stop and we should talk more about it. If you've read any of my blogs, you know that I have suffered from depression and I've suffered from depression for as long as I can remember. My therapist calls it, uh, quote, organic depression, meaning it's what she thinks is it's really a chemical imbalance in my brain, whether that was there at birth or from the tragedies that I've had. And then I am a first responder. I've been a first responder since I was 18 years old. So I I deal with some of that too. However, a lot of my triggers aren't at all work-related. I have been very fortunate that I've had people I talk to, my coworkers or my family, and I'm very open about that. I have an open policy. If something hurts, you know, a call hurts, I sit, I cry, we talk about it. I'm able to move on. I don't do that thing where you shove it deep down and then it explodes later. I've been really fortunate to have some mentors that were open and talked to me about that. So a lot of my issues aren't actually work-related. They are stuff that I just have dealt with my whole life. 
I've mentioned before in my blog post as well that my therapist has gotten me into writing. It's something I've always been very passionate about, but when I did start writing, it was such a it was such a good experience that I just continued it from there. It's not a good experience when I'm actually writing about my pain, I found out later. You know, if I actually write about experiences that hurt, um, I've, I found I'm just reliving it. And I that part I don't like. But what I do like is when I'm building these worlds and these characters, I can put that pain that I felt, you know, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child, just dealing with family dynamics. I can put all that pain that I have, not just pain, you know, happiness and stuff too. I, I have three beautiful children that I love more than anything. So when I have a parent, which in my first series that, you know, there is a strong father figure that would do anything for his daughter, I can put that in my books as well. And that is what I found very, very therapeutic. So that being said, with my depression, I, I did what, what you call just suffer through it for the longest time. I just kind of thought this was normal. This was how I was. And so for a very long time, I just kind of dealt with it. My husband was the one that really pushed me to go seek a professional out. And as soon as I started talking with her, it, it started getting a little bit better. And I'd talk with her once every week and we'd get over this really deep, dark area and then I'm like, all right, I'm great. You know, I'll, I'll see you in a couple months and I, I'd leave. And then like clockwork, a couple months would come back and I would be just down in that same spot again. And I couldn't dig my way out of it. I started exercising. I started dieting, extremely regimented, doing all this stuff that they tell you will help, which does help. I'm not discounting that. But it seemed like every time... I would go in. It was the same thing. And it, it's a complete numbing, helpless feeling. If you've ever had depression, it's, it's a black hole. You know, I know what sad is. I know what anger is. I know what happiness is. Depression is almost nothing, right? Nothing matters at all. And it's so hard to explain that to some people that it's not that I'm just so sad and that I just can't get out of the couch because I can't cry. I am laying there numb to everything. Uh, and it, it can be debilitating, right? And I always told myself, I'm never going to start medication. You shouldn't do medication. Don't do that. All this stuff. That's what I told myself over and over and over again. Two years goes by seeing my therapist, the same roller coaster, every time I'm explaining it to her. And she just very gently nods and says, yes, we can continue to do this. And then finally, I was like, all right, well, just tell me. Tell, just tell me about medication. What does medication do? And explain a whole variety of things. And with her now two years of expertise about my own brain and my own mannerisms, she really just thinks it's a chemical imbalance. She said, you could try this medication. And if it works, awesome. Continue it. Let's keep going. And then she goes, if it doesn't work, you stop. It's really that that simple. So I did. I, I started it and I when I said I suffered through it before, that's what it is because it was a needless suffering. As soon as I started taking serotonin release inhibitors and I, I started actually feeling normal, it was the craziest feeling in the world. I, I was 
absolutely elated. It was crazy to think that after all this time, all I had to do was take some medication and then continue what I was doing, continue the right thing. So now the self-care, going to the gym, working on my diet, my gratitude journals, everything that I did to try to make myself feel better, now it actually worked. Because now I had the chemical imbalance corrected. And once that was corrected, it was a huge relief. So now all that self-care was working for me. And I had the delusion that this medication was going to be my cure-all, that I could continue doing everything. I was never going to have these low points again. And uh, so that's what happened this week. It wasn't fine. (laughs) It hit to a point where it wasn't fine. So after months and months of just being normal, what I would call normal with my medication, it just, everything came to a head. I mentioned this last week, but the stress just piled on and it was just too much. It got, for two days, I was literally laying in bed, couldn't do anything. Just my kids were watching TV with me. I'd get up, feed them, go back to bed, get up, go to the bathroom, go back to bed, or I'd get what they needed and go back to bed. That that was all I could do. My whole body just felt, it just, just weighed down. And where it's like, all right, you're going to rest. I think a couple factors played into that. I think, well, it, it's sober October. So I made a commitment to myself that the month of October, I wouldn't drink anything. And I never thought that I had a problem with drinking, but um, I think what I was doing is I was substituting my alcohol for, I was, pre, I was medicating, self-medicating, I guess. So uh, when I got stressed, when things, you know, everyone was screaming and I'm trying to get everything done and my nerves are just frazzled, uh, I just, I'd have a, a beer before dinner or, you know, a beer after dinner. And I would just do that. Just what I did anytime I was home. And now uh, it's sober October. I told myself I'm not drinking any this month. And m- I think it might've contributed to the fact that I was not properly coping with my crazy hectic life. So that was one episode. And then obviously, like I said, things are just changing with my son and I have complete anxiety about how things are going. And if I'm doing the right thing as a mom, how best to help my son get through his issues with school, do what's best for him so that he can be a, a big contributor to this society, which he is. He's he's a genius. He really is. <laughs> but But with that, he has struggles in other areas. And it's trying to make sure that a kid like him doesn't get lost, doesn't just get lost in the shuffle because he's has ADHD and his his needs are different. And, you know, I was at a school that they didn't know how to handle him. They don't know how to handle him. And so they just label him a problem child. He's not. He's a very caring, compassionate child. He has a big heart. You know, he's a leader. He's all these wonderful things but he has ADHD. He has impulsivity issues. You know, he's all over the place sometimes. And then he also has explosive behavior is what they call it. So if you don't catch things early on, he's a firecracker, man, and, and in the worst way. So they were dealing with that. Now they just labeled him this bad kid and he's not at all. And I, I needed to get him away from that because it was affecting his mental health. I don't think a nine-year-old should come home 
crying and not want to go to school anymore or run away from his teacher and his principal because, you know, no matter what he does, he's wrong. I guess the reason why I told you most of that. So it did, did take me the better part of this week to actually get over it. Now, if I wasn't on my medication this, this week, this, it was like five days, five solid days, it would have been a month or two. I've had depression episodes where it was that bad, that two days where I was down on the ground. I've had it last for months and months and it's, uh, it's painful and it's debilitating and the guilt that you have, I think as a person, but as a mom, as a wife, when, when you're down like that, you're, you're not caring for anybody. That's the thing that I found with the medication is that it wasn't months. It was days. It was days. And then I feel now that I'm able to put everything together, find that motivation, continue to go on. That is that. So to wrap it up, I just want it to be an open conversation. My issues are depression, organic depression. I don't have PTSD. I don't have major anxiety issues. I'm not a schizophrenic. I'm not bipolar. All these other mental health issues, but I'm one thing. And I think if I can say this is what I have, this is what I'm dealing with it. I hope someone else is not ashamed to say the same thing because there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's a part of my brain that needs to be healthy, just like I need to be physically fit. I need to get my leg muscles, my back muscles, my arm muscles for work. I need to get my brain right for work too. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are not crazy. I just have a chemical imbalance that sometimes makes it to where I can't move. (laughs) So I wanted it to be an open conversation. This is just a small part of what I deal with, but I do know that a lot of people deal with it too. And a lot of writers, a lot of authors deal with it. If you've a lot of authors like me are completely introverted people. I'm not lonely. I wouldn't call myself lonely, but writing is kind of isolation. And I think people that are intellectual like this, with when you write and create these stories and create these worlds, I think there there is some truth behind some you know mental health issues, or just make sure your mental health is strong, right? If if you don't suffer for anything right now preemptively, you know, make sure you're doing stuff to take care of your body, to take care of your mind. We are social creatures, even if you don't want to be social all the time. Find that person, find your person that you can talk to that fills that bubble for you. Get your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health, all, all good before you keep going. All right. So that is enough of what I've been dealing with this week. Um, Enough conversation, a bit about me. Let's go over where I'm at with my book. Okay, so my book series, The Demon Origins, I am through chapter four still, but what I think I'm going to have to do, and I say this as a have to do, because every time I sit down to edit, I realize all these things that I messed up in the later part of the book. So I'm going to stop at chapter four where I'm at, because up to chapter four, I love. I'm loving this book more and more as I'm editing it and writing it. It's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I love this character. But from chapter four on, I'm going to have to just rewrite. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I am a pantser. I, and I told you this before, I was all over the board. None of my plot holes made sense. 
it was kind of just me telling myself the story. So that's what I did. And I did love the story, the start to the finish. But now as I'm going back and editing it, I'm, I'm fine tuning it. So when I say I'm rewriting it, I'm not scrapping it. I just, I had to kind of plot after my first draft. So first draft was done. I did not plot anything. I pantsed it all. I got to where I needed to be for the story. Yay, celebrated, rough draft done, starting to edit. And I was like, who wrote this? So what I realized I didn't do, a couple of things I did not do. I didn't give my characters each a voice, which is definitely a tip I've seen. It, they, First of all, in some of my book, there was no dialogue. I was just, a lot of it was just in my character's mind. None of it was out loud. So um, I have to do that. But then I have to make sure that each character has a distinct voice, the way they talk. You know, the my older characters are not going to speak the same way as my younger characters. My girl, young girls are not going to talk the same way as the young men. Uh, I have a hundred year old character in here. She talks a lot different. So I want to make sure that each character has a distinct voice. Uh, I talked to you about no continuity in the story. And so now what I've done is I've now outlined. Uh, whereas I didn't outline before, I've plotted it out now, where I have a strong, good first act, second act, third act, broke it all down into where I'm going from here to there. And then I, I think I need to stick to get 5,000 words done this week or this day and, and go from there. And then hopefully I get done. I really want to be done by the end of November, I'm completely done. And when I say I'm rewriting, I'm not rewriting my rough draft. I'm kind of just rewriting my first edit, I guess you could say. You could probably almost call it a second rough draft. That's kind of what I'm doing. So that is the plan as of now. If I can get done by the end of November, then I can get my edits back in time for me to put up a pre-order in January and get my book out February 1st. So if you want to know more about me, I am on YouTube, uh, Latricia Holmes, on my own website, latriciaholmes.com. I'm mainly on Instagram. So if you find me, it's authorlatricia.holmes. And I hope this finds you well. Go ahead and leave any comments, likes that you want. I am now on Apple. So that was a big, big hurdle that I got over this week. It took a long time for Apple to give me the go ahead to put my podcast on Apple, but it is done. So I am now on every podcasting stream there is out there. I hope this finds you well, and we will see you next week. Good writing, good reading. See you later.